Today, this show gets lifted to new heights. Well, maybe just with heavier weights. Let's dive in, shall we? Welcome back to another episode of To Dare Is Human. I'm your host, Adam Connor, and today, my guest has made a living from lifting and helping others along their dares in the fitness world. Oscar Bradley is a personal trainer and host of the High Performance Podcast, a sporting podcast in which Australian and other international professional athletes are profiled and interviewed. Oscar hopes one day to do the same in America. But that's dare number two. Number one has been to start up a successful personal training business alongside his brother and co-host. And I look forward to having you hear about the physical and mental toughness required to accomplish such a feat in today's episode. If you're new to these episodes and this show, by the way, what's up? This is a show documenting leaps of faith away from traditional life paths and into passions and life goals. And if you end up liking what you hear on this show today in this interview, be sure to subscribe to stay up to date so you get everything as soon as I post it. And be sure to connect with me as well across social media at To Dare Is Human. But enough about that. Uh, and I do hope you end up following this show and leaving ratings and reviews and all that good stuff. But for now, let's hear this story straight from the source. Here's the host of the High Performance Podcast, Oscar Bradley. All right, so I've got Oscar Bradley here from the, is it High Performance or High Performance Podcast? Um, it's, uh, look, whatever comes, however it rolls off the tongue, really, it's High Performance, all one word, just H1 and performance. So really... Uh, we've been called a lot worse things, so however it rolls off your tongue is fun with us. Great. Okay. Uh, well, I'll I'll stick with you know I read it as as high performance, but I think uh, it's it's tougher to with with the obviously with your accent it's a little it's it sounds you could blend them both. So I'll uh, I'll try to do it as as straight as possible here. And uh, what, how'd you get into podcasting as a medium for fitness? It would seem that the two are a little bit unrelated, but how did you, what were you thinking about when you decided that this was a medium you wanted to jump into? Well, mate, it actually started off as a bit of an ego thing with my brother and I. So we worked at the same gym a few years back now. And there were these guys that started their own podcast and good on them for doing so. I know now that it takes a lot of work to start off something like that, but they were just sort of going about it in what we felt the wrong way. And we thought we could do a lot better job of what they were doing. Uh, and coming from a sporting background, both Angus and myself are very competitive. So we sort of started the podcast out of ego. And then through our connections, um, we knew we knew a lot of professional athletes, a lot of really good coaches that had quite a lot of good things to say. Um, like you said, Angus and I are both involved in the fitness industry. Uh, so, yeah, that's how it sort of started. And then it just blended from there. Got it. So it was a... Uh... I guess was it? A, would you say it was a friendly competition at first, or was it very much was it very much uh, out of malice? <laughs> uh, for me, it was friendly, but my brother he won't like hearing this. But I think he can be quite spiteful at times. <laughs> uh, so I think maybe friendly for me. Um, but to be honest, my brother was probably glad to see uh, their podcast tank after six months, oh, and no. <laughs> ours is still going strong. Jeez. Well. Hey, it's all, I mean, at a certain point, it's about, uh, it's about being better, you know, being the best. So, uh, that's a good yeah. spirit. It's a good spirit to have. Um, it's a good yeah, spirit definitely. to have. So, uh, okay. You and, uh, and for, for the listeners, how long have you been doing that podcast for? Uh, so we released our first episode, uh, I think the start of February last year, but as you would know, you can go through, 
of some tough times trying to get first accepted into iTunes. So we recorded our first episode late December 2016. So I guess we had a bank of three episodes ready to go. Um, and going back to, I guess, starting the podcast, I didn't know how much went into it to obviously get your show accepted by iTunes, learn the basics of editing um, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, long answer to a quick yeah, question. No. That's how we started. Gotcha. And yo, no, I'm absolutely familiar with uh, ups and downs, fits and starts of uh, being in this. I've done my show for a little more than a year. And yeah, you go through those periods of of, of uh, obstacles. Let's call them obstacles. Um, oh, definitely, mate. And even <laughs> I guess you probably have a lot of podcasters that listen to your show where you started off uh, with SoundCloud because it's quite easy to host with SoundCloud, but quickly learned that there are a lot better platforms out there to host your site with. So just migrating our show over to this is an ad for Libsyn, but Libsyn was quite easy. They make it easy, but still tricky. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. And lots of, lots of things that could, uh, that could get in the way. Um, curious though, uh, about, uh, obviously about the show and, and I'll jump back to that in a second, but, uh, the show is, is, uh, not how you bring home, uh, put food on the table. You, you are also, uh, the owners of a training business. Is that right? Yes, correct. So, um, I run a personal training business out of a members only gym here in Sydney. So the gym is a very affluent area. I was very lucky to be able to run my business out of here. It's underneath the stadium. So I don't know if you've heard of the Sydney cricket ground, which is like, I guess our version of, let's say, uh, a MetLife stadium, so to speak. Okay. So, um, there's a lot of professional teams around here. And I run my business here and Angus runs his in, uh, I'm not sure if you have in America, or Fitness First. So we're both running our own personal training businesses just in different places. Gotcha. And uh, so you are uh, doing this for, and are you guys involved in, obviously you're, you're athletes, but you, were you involved in sports at any sort of professional level uh, uh, as well? Uh, so I, as a junior, competed as a sport called Ironman, which is... Um, Short, long story short, sorry, um, it's a sport involved in the ocean. You do swim, board, ski, and it's mixed up with runs. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. We've actually done an episode with, I think it was episode 40 with Alistair Day, who's one of my good friends, and he's the best, probably one of the best Ironman in the world at the moment. So I did that when I was younger. Um, and if I guess if you want me to break down that, I can a bit more. <laughs> and I trialed out for the professional series uh, about the age of 19 and it was taking up a lot of my time. So I was starting out as a personal trainer, trying to build my own business and I was training sort of 13 to 15 sessions a week for this sport to try and make it as a professional. So I did a few rounds of the, I guess the level before the professional series didn't quite make it, but as a junior, I've won a state title and then I've got third at the national titles. Wow. So, uh, you practice what you preach, walk the walk, um, uh, so to speak. And now you've got your own and you're, you're running a business for yourself. And I want to jump on that for a moment, you and your brother both. And, uh, so from, I, I guess an, a similarly early age, much as you wanted to, uh, you know, build yourself up personally, literally physically also via being able to support yourself financially and run your own business. That was, that was that always something that you wanted to do or, uh, was there was there some sort of in-between ground where you were working for somebody else and decided, nah, this isn't for me? Yeah, so basically straight out of school, I became a professional ocean lifeguard 
Um, but the goal was always to be a personal trainer and work for myself. I was just sort of supporting myself um, while I sort of learnt the job really. And of course, being an Ironman, I was super competent in the surf. So I just had the connections to become a lifeguard, which is quite good money for a young sort of 16 to 18 year old kid. But the reason I always wanted to work for myself was my, I grew up watching my dad and he worked really hard for a company. He sort of, dad traveled a lot. He didn't settle down to his 36. So he had to really uh, work hard, I guess, for someone to get us into a really good lifestyle. And he would always say to Angus and his kids, like, always work for yourself. He's like, please work for yourself. So having that ingrained in me and seeing dad work so hard for someone else, and he's an extremely talented salesman. He has amazing people skills. And it's not that his talents weren't wasted, but I just think he could have, and he tests, even will attest to this, he says to Angus, he could have made a lot more money working for himself. But at that age, when he had a young child on, a young kid in me and then another young kid on the way. He didn't really have a choice to take a risk and go out on his own and run his own business like Angus and I now can. Gotcha. So you had luckily had that from for a very young age. I think that was uh, lucky. And I, like a lot, not a lot of people get that assertion from so young to hear it. But uh, even then, 16, 18 years old, working as an ocean lifeguard, to turn around even just, I mean, to take your father's direction on for sure is a good thing, uh, but you know, tactically and realistically, there are there are you know risks and and startup capital and things associated with starting your own business. So, how did you even think about how to try and do that? I mean, in terms of either building clientele or, or, or finding a space, how did you think about that to start? Well, mate, to be honest, I was really naive in the fact like I was young. No one wants to really listen to an 18-year-old, especially for exercise advice. And I'm not your stereotypical personal trainer. I guess now it's becoming more accepted. Um, your stereotypical personal trainer would be the bodybuilding archetype, I guess, which I am not. I'm quite slim. Um, so initially, I guess it was hard for me to build that business. And I learned the hard way, I guess, like I didn't really know too many people in the fitness industry. I just went to my local fitness first and signed on as a franchisee there, which I don't regret because I learned quite quickly what it was like to pay franchise fee, have to buy some equipment, have to not really get leads and start to generate your own business. So I started off in my hometown at our Fitness First there, so I guess our local Globo gym for your listeners that don't know what a <laughs> Fitness First is. Yep. Um, and it, it was okay. I met some cool people, but it wasn't until that gym shut down and I was forced to move up to Sydney um, from my not so much a small town, like I had a decent business there when it's when I really started to learn off some good people and see some successful trainers. But it's like three times, I guess, before the age of 24, I was like, do I keep going with this? I thought it was time to, I guess, start working for the man, so to speak. At one stage, I was even looking at becoming a police officer and now I just think I'm like I would be the world's shittiest police officer I would just let everyone off I'd be useless so I did have those hurdles um and yeah it just took time for me to learn the ropes and become confident in my ability learn the required knowledge to be a good trainer and set up systems to make sure I am successful yeah and so when you go through those I mean let's see what what were the Maybe, who did you look to for inspiration when it came to those, when it came to those downtimes? You know, when it comes to, you know, do I really keep going? I mean, were there were there sources of inspiration that you kept going back to? I mean, were, were did you have mentors along the way? Like, how did that support system look? 
Yeah, mate, definitely. I can name three guys for you that I definitely learned a lot of, and they weren't guys on the internet or anything like that. They were just guys I was lucky enough to come across uh, places I worked. The first one was a guy called, this is a strange name, and I love this bloke, uh, Dragon Filipovsky. So that, his name is Dragon. That's a Macedonian name, which I learned. And uh, he had a similar career path to me. He's about 11 years older than me. Um, I met him when I was training in the gong. He was working at the gym. I started to work out when I first moved to Sydney and he was like an older brother to me and the fact that he would always like I was still living at home which is about an hour and 20 minutes drive away from where I was working in Sydney Um, so he'd let me crash on his couch he'd buy me food because he knew I was a bit short on money at the time and he really respected the fact that I was having a go and trying to build my own business um so yeah he was great dragon filiposki the next guy would be wade campbell who again has sort of been like an older brother to me and he helped me in the fact of being confident he said you're a good trainer you really need to make the time and effort to smile and greet everyone that steps foot in the gym because they're all potential customers and just be a bit more confident and that helped me out a lot also and then another guy that I learned sort of the game of personal training. I've learned a lot about corrective exercise and all this sort of stuff is a guy called Brad Stocks, um, a great personal trainer. We've interviewed him on our podcast just because he's a, such a beautiful mind in terms of personal training. Like he doesn't try and treat everyone like an athlete. He treats his clients as they should be treated, which is just general population. And he gets amazing results out of his clients. So those three guys the guys that I learn a lot of and they're not famous they're just really good at their job they make really good livings off what they do as trainers and yeah I'm just very lucky because in our industry you can be led like led astray by quote-unquote gurus of the industry Um, but these guys were just really genuine guys they just wanted to help me out and um, I was very appreciative of that. Sure and so uh, you, you get that incredible help. It helps you up from times when you didn't know if you would, you know, continue on or wanted to. And then I, I guess at some point, it, you just you just turned a corner and things started to uh, sort of progressively grow, you know, in terms of the business that you had, the clientele that you brought in. And, uh, and, and how long roughly would you say that it took you to get from a point where you like were sort of fits and starts again, you didn't know what you were going to do next to, okay, now I feel totally comfortable here. And I know that this is something that I'm going to do for the long term. Yeah, so uh, that gym I first moved to in Sydney was another fitness first. And then after that, I moved to where I am now and where I have been for the past four years. So I would say after six months of being at my current gym was when I really started to get in the groove and started to do well as a trainer. And I think, again, I'm in a very affluent area and a very uh, a lot of successful people train at this gym because the membership is quite a bit of money and just being around like and having such successful clients is extremely motivating and that sort of motivated me to really put in time and effort on my business and when I speak to these guys and I tell them an, an idea they're very honest with me but at the same time any idea is a good idea if it's going to improve your business so I'm lucky enough to um i guess have those clients so back to your original question i would say about three and a half years ago so after five and a half years of kicking the shit so to speak and learning was when things really started to roll along for me wow yeah i think it's always important to to keep that in mind and and the reason why i asked that question specifically is that of course the theme of this show is all about whether it's leaving a traditional life or not making a, a, a what we would call making the dare into what you want to do and figuring out how to basically jump off the cliff and build the airplane on the way down sort of standard entrepreneurship stuff but crucially 
to look at like tactically what you did to start off and then how long it took you to say build the plane. Now you say with five and a half years in now you're, you're, you're very confident what you're doing. And I think it's just a testament to like how much time you need to put into things like this. If you truly want to get to the place that you fantasize about on day one. Uh, so yeah, I, definitely I, yeah great. it's really good to think about. Um, and yeah, even exactly what you just said is so true. And it's like, I want, crazy success out of my podcast straight away I like I want to be Bill Simmons but it's just not going to happen and I've got to think back to the five and a half years I've slogged down and been like okay I'm only a year into this let's calm down you've still probably got another four and a half years before you're at the level you even think about being at and another thing that's helped me a lot with patience sorry to add this in but I feel like it's helped myself a lot is I was so good at a sport that I pretty much gave a large part of my life to until I realized that I was just over it it just wasn't for me like I spent three and a half months training for the professional series trials only to get sick with um sorry for anyone diarrhea and I didn't get to compete and after that I was done with the sport and then I started running track and field. So I started sprinting and just starting something new, a completely different sport and again going through that long building phase to getting to where I am now and I'm not going to any Olympics or anything but just seeing like again the trials and tribulations and the time and effort you have to put into something before you get to a successful level. It just has made me appreciate the process a lot more and that's helped me again with the podcast. I'm sure you can attest to this again, just sort of grinding it out and making sure you're consistent week in, week out. Yep, absolutely. Going in one year, just over a year on this, I, I, I'm certainly not. I mean, I interview people, actually, a lot of the time, I interview people whose either podcasts or movements or businesses are like much larger in even a similar amount of time to what I've done. But it's important to understand that like not everybody moves at the same pace like that. And you do need that sort of patience, but also just consistent drive to get things over the line. And I think it, it, uh, it segues well into another, into a sort of a questionnaire that I think I know the answer to, but, uh, how would you say that, uh, some of the skills that you put towards, uh, being in the gym, improving your body, improving your fitness can be applied to, uh, improving yourself on other levels professionally, uh, in, you know, regards to making your, your passion into a profit sort of deal. Like what synergies do you see there? And I guess, the obvious question is, does it help you like stay consistent? I would imagine it does, but how does it? Oh, definitely. So uh, my whole life, or Angus and I both, our whole life, we swam squads. Uh, Angus hated it. I loved it and flourished, but it just gave us that work ethic to wake up at 5.30 or 5 a.m. in the morning, go get in a freezing cold pool, then go straight to school, and then we'd be doing some sort of training in the afternoon. So even from an early age, without even realizing at the time, I think mum and dad were pushing us into those sports just to get it to get us used to I guess long days so now I have no problem getting up at 5 30 in the morning coming to work knocking out five or six sessions in the morning going to training doing some podcast work going back to work and getting home at 8 p.m um also what makes that easier I have an amazing girlfriend that I live with that cooks for me and does everything for me so that obviously helps um and then also like you said being consistent um if you're a consistent person, I think through sport and you can do something that is hard, it will apply to work. So just knowing to work through the hard times, things will eventually work out. And the biggest thing for me that I get from sport is it's my stress relief. Like I'm very blessed that I guess my advice is sport. Like I 
genuinely look forward to training and not like alcohol or something on the weekends as that stress relief. So uh, that would be the biggest reason that I think um, sport has helped me transfer and helped me with like business and life and the podcast and something Angus and I really promote on our podcast. And Adam, I think I've heard you speak about this, like you trying to get in shape and your own fitness journeys. We know everyone doesn't like the gym. So we try and push our listeners to partake in a sport. Like you might never be the next LeBron James, but who says if you're not good at basketball and you want to play basketball that you can't do it. And if you really want to get better at that, you'll get fitter in terms of you might go for that run because you know it's going to improve improve your cardiovascular system so you play better and you pick up game. Then you'll go, okay, I know I can get stronger off one leg in my vertical if I start going to the gym. And it sort of makes everything easier to make you better at that sport. And it takes everyone's mind off the mundanity of going to the gym and just slogging it out. And they're like, I hate it, but it's a chore to be here, but I have to be here. Um, so again, we always try and get everyone involved in a sport because we know it will help with their day-to-day life. And if they're enjoying it, it'll just give them something to look forward to day in, day out. So going back to your question, um, I feel like those are my three main tips and I sort of segued a bit at the end there. No, it makes sense. And I was, my next question was going to be uh, getting back to the role of the podcast, but um, you're, you rightly identify that like that is something for me that I think I very much fall into the average uh, person where, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not like nobody, I mean, very few people make their careers out of it. You go into the gym and be like, yeah, I like actively like, like the fact that I'm like in pain. And like, you know, for me, I, if I were, and if I were going to the gym, like by myself, like, uh, I, you wouldn't see me there, um, nearly as much as I go. Now the sport is a great thing. What I also do is, um, is all like, I just subscribe to a gym where they're like, most of it is, is class-based course-based. And so I go in there, I got like 30 or 40 people sitting in there. They're all doing the same thing, like on rotation and whatnot. And like, you know, plenty of space. I'm not even worried about that, but, um, it's something where like, everybody else is doing it. I even some of my friends and I go to the same place. So it is truly like, especially if you can get in like a group activity like that. And if it's basketball or, you know, football or whatever, um, that is, I think a real, really great motivator. It says, you know, you said the same thing when you were with Angus, like all those years, like it's truly, it's, it's, it's one of the best ways to make it more of a stress relief and a fun activity than just uh, yes, I, I must do this. This is my duty sort of thing. Definitely mate. hundred percent. Right. And sport is just, such an amazing thing like that's why i like i love it i live for sport i live to play it i live to watch it obviously it's just my life and it's so much more than just a platform to compete yep absolutely so let's jump into the podcast though for a second and what what, um you've now done gosh i I don't have the exact number in front of me something like 40 or 50 episodes right or is that my Uh, we, we released episode 60 on monday 60 Wow. Okay, great. So you've done this so for we, about we're trying to years. chase you down, mate. You're setting oh, yeah. the bar for first year <laughs> podcast or second year, so trying to chase you down. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you get there if you, uh, you know, they don't all have to be interviewed. I, I, I learned that quickly. I learned that I was, I had a, it was especially hard getting interviews when I like didn't have a show and it was very hard to be like, yeah, come, you know, I want to interview for this podcast and like, okay, yeah, great. Where is it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it doesn't exist yet, but like you'd be the first and you know, it'd be that kind of thing. It was, it was very difficult to get people at first. And actually that did ended up tailing off and you, know, you travel around and things like my work requires me to travel a lot, but yeah, it's, nice. uh, 
so I started doing some just like solos and that, but yeah, I'm getting back into it now. And, and listeners, this will be towards the beginning of this new sort of season of interviews of which there will be many. So, uh, don't, don't prepare yourself for inconsistency. You must be consistent as we've mentioned on this, uh, on even this here interview, but, um, who have been some of your like most exciting folks to to chat with? As you mentioned, you you, you knew if you've known how many of them do you know, and how many of them are you just reaching out to um, that like maybe you'd like to talk to? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so for me again, I'm, I work in an area where there are a lot of professional, like the Australian cricket team is next door, the Australian rugby sevens team is next door. So the first two guys I'd like to mention are Ed Jenkins, who just retired, but he was the Australian rugby sevens captain. Uh, and Ed has been on our show twice, so I loved interviewing Ed. He's a friend of mine now. I see him all the time. So initially, he was good, and Ed Cowan, who's an Australian cricketer, um, he came on because I trained his brother. So that's how we started off getting guests, but then we started to reach out to guys. Uh, so I had Luke Longley on. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Chicago Bulls back in the 90s, which I'm sure you am. Mm-hmm. He was the first Australian in the NBA, played on the, the best team of all time, the greatest team of all time with Jordan, Pippen, Ron Harper, Steve Kerr, Wennington, all those guys, and obviously the great Dennis Rodman, who is the, my dream interview on the High Performance Podcast. <laughs> um, huge Dennis Rodman fan. I've got a funny story about him as well. Um, so I love seeing Luke uh, interviewing Luke Longley, and then also a, a Australian swimmer called Andrew Lauderstein was someone who I looked up to as a sure. kid. He's about five years older than me, and if you remember that race, there was the hundred meter butterfly, and it was Phelps versus Cavage at two thousand eight Beijing. Yeah, sure. Olympics. And he comes all the way. He comes in. He gets him by by a hair. So uh, Phelps, grew hair, up, yes. Phelps grew up where I grew up, and he like oh no I, way at my, at my local pool and like the pool surrounding. Like Phelps has all the records from like eight years old and up. So like, yeah. oh, I love Phelps, such yeah. a big Phelps fan. Um, but yeah, he came third in that 100-meter fly behind Phelps and Cabbage, and he was always overlooked because, I think, of the enormity of Phelps. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. I do love Phelps, and hearing that uh, you're one degree closer to him brings a smile to my face. Yeah, it's, a, it's I mean, you know, sort of hometown hero type deal, and I remember a lot of scene for sure. Didn't it? I feel like, I forget, I feel like in that race, they all beat, the world record pace or something. It's just because Phelps won though. Like he actually took it, but I think there were yeah, many people in that race that actually race. beat the, yeah. 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 It was a, it was good. And I swam butterfly as a kid. Um, so I always loved the hundred fly. So seeing that, um, it was amazing. I can still remember Phelps and cabbage got on the blocks and they were just looking straight into each other. Cause I think Phelps was in lane five cabbage was lane four. And they like, before you hop on the blocks and the, let's say get set, Oh, sorry, take your marks. They were just literally staring through each other. It's an amazing scene, and I've watched that multiple times. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> so you've got these great folks. And by the way, I, now I'm curious. You piqued my interest. Uh, you, you'd like to have Dennis Robin on the show. What, what's the story? Okay, so uh, Angus and I were about, I think I was maybe 10. Angus was maybe 8. And it was just, I think it was maybe late. 90s when Rodman had just finished at the Bulls and he was going through a shit fight. He just crashed his bike and he got into wrestling, professional wrestling. So he came over to Australia for our Mardi Gras, which is the biggest gay and lesbian Mardi Gras in the world because he was obviously into his cross-dressing and whatnot. So he came out as like the main celebrity. And while he was over here, I guess he thought he'd do a wrestling event. So he was wrestling in our local town. I was so pumped. Angus and I, both big Dennis Rodman fans, as tiny little kids. And in true Dennis Rodman style, he missed the whole event, turned up two hours late, 
walked out right at the end of the night, not to wrestle, but to tell everyone to get effed and give us the finger. Everyone proceeded to throw bottles at him and boo him. And he just got straight back in his limo and drove to Sydney to party. And I left with a smile on my face because I think I would have been disappointed if dead Mr. Rodman turned up on time sober. <laughs> that, that is, that's a great story. I wonder if he remembers that story. Man, maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully one day I'll get to ask him. Yeah, right. That's hilarious. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody's got their dream, uh, their dream uh, interview. That's a good one. That's Who's really yours? One, well, I, gosh, I don't know. I think at first, so I had, uh, when I thought about doing this show initially, it was because when I graduated school, I had, uh, we had a graduation speech and the graduation is that speech and it's not, it's not an athlete or anything like that, but it was Sheryl Sandberg. She's the COO of Facebook and she like nice. talked about like, and so she's you know incredibly wealthy and incredible and powerful and great female leader and all this. And she was talking about all these like very uh, sort of inspirational things. What would you do if you weren't afraid? It got me thinking about the whole, okay, let me think about stories where people who aren't afraid to do something and or maybe they are, where they, they jump into it, the whole idea for this. And she was the first person that I reached out to for this story and or for this show. And we'd gone back and forth a little bit. And as it turned out, uh, she wasn't, uh, wasn't available. Got it. Um, still looking to get on the show. Cheryl, if you're listening on the off chance that you are come on on the show, but, uh, it turns out that she was, she was writing part of a book and, uh, preparing to do a, uh, a premiere for a, for a different show, which is called when to jump and when to jump the founder of whom's name is Mike Lewis. And he's on listeners go back to, I'm going to do this related post in the, in the, on the web page episode 74 check that one out after this one because that's an interview with that founder who uh nailed, nailed the dream interview I that i would have liked to, to have interview yesterday did you really yeah yeah i think maybe episode 80 is when you're talking about the fitness side of things and then i listened to that episode yesterday uh he talks about career change and whatnot yep totally yeah, and yeah, like he and, and so he profess- i mean uh yeah he was well he he played squash around the world i believe and then yes uh, he usually did and then and then it started doing his started doing his thing, which I think is great. Like you talk about the five and a half years. I mean, he started his win to jump movement in 2013, and now has just released this podcast, and it's hugely popular. And he's got this book and this world tour, and I'm thinking like, yeah. And really, in the back of my head, like I was a bit salty about it because I was like, you know, the, I, this guy's just like this guy is like my show, like on absolute crack. Like this guy is just <laughs> this guy is blown it out, and like man, I'm jealous. But I, you know, that's what you need. You need to put in that time. You need to put in that effort, which he did deservedly. So it's a great show. But yeah, I think, so I think I look for like, I think business minds and and folks like that. That's what I think about initially. But um, on the athlete side and the artist side, I think that, I mean, I think we get to a certain, but Phelps would be great. I literally like at a certain point, like anybody that I could bring in who I know is an important story and who is of note, like I'm happy to have, like, I'm sure you can understand that too, is like, you know, you're, you're building up a show. You just want to get really anybody on. But, um, for me, it, yeah, Cheryl Sandberg's always been the sort of top of the list and she knows that I, I've, I've talked to her about it. <laughs> well, mate, Hey, you're way closer than I am to Dennis Rodman and Odell Beckham Jr. Cause you've actually made contact with them. So hats <laughs> off. Well, I, uh, you, I, well, you never know. You never know. Uh, you get there. You get there. Um, Definitely. Right, so yeah, these folks that you've, uh, the, that you brought on the show, all these amazing athletes, what would you say is, uh, you know, a couple things that are common about all of them and whether they're success stories and, 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 and athletics or ventures beyond athletics too, uh, what, what do you see as just like common traits that like time and time again, you just like, yep, this person's got like this X factor. Like what were the couple of those X factors would you say? Okay, the first thing I would say that surprised me about most most athletes, well, every athlete we've had on our show is they're all 
genuine and really good blokes. Or we've had two females on there, all great people. So no arrogance, nothing like that, which I love seeing. Like, like uh, I forget who, which one was there. Just like we're just regular people with like amazing abilities. Oh, we train heaps hard. It's like it's like that CEO you might see. We're essentially the same person. We're both good guys. He just puts an amazing amount of time and is, I guess, great at leading and that sort of thing. I just happen to be good at sport and I put an amazing amount of time into that. So there's been no arrogance and we've interviewed some some huge athletes like they're super popular which has been great to see and the other thing i would say we have a question on our show which is who is someone that has pissed you off in the last month now we interview a lot of coaches as well and i find that the coaches will give us an answer but the athletes say no one's pissed me off in the last month and they think for a couple of seconds they're like no i know it's pissed me off and if they do say someone it would just be them taking the piss of a friend so i would say that they're obviously pretty chill um, and then it goes without saying, obviously, they have a crazy work ethic as well. Uh, but yeah, those are the two big things that I would say surprised me. Everything else your listeners can probably imagine, like the work ethic, the talent, the drive. But the two things that really surprised me were the lack of arrogance. They're just regular people. And then obviously, they're not irritated easily. Sure. Well, it'd be, I'm sure it'd be hard to like shake these folks like at all. But um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's pretty great. Um, and uh, I guess let's let's jump out of the podcast for a second, and we'll we'll plug all these things towards the end, guys. Once again, high performance podcast. Go and check it out. Uh, available on yeah, social media yeah. everywhere. I would assume. Um, everywhere except Twitter. Sorry, everyone. No Twitter, guys. No Twitter for you. <laughs> um, that's all right. They've got lots of uh, they've got lots of multimedia content on Instagram. I know mo- mo- most of your stuff is like is like you know, video content or audio content, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Angus and I try and uh, post a lot of our own training on there because it definitely keeps us accountable. Um, and I've noticed my athleticism and body composition has gone up lately because I want to try and keep posting impressive stuff. Well, what I think is impressive. Um, so yeah, that I feel like is another motivating factor in Angus for Angus and I to stay on top of our game, athletically speaking. Sure. What about somebody who's not as athletically inclined, somebody who's just looking to get back into the gym maybe after uh, you know, a period of just not doing it or, or maybe they're just not going as hard as they, they, they want to? What, what would you say are like the first couple starting out like tips for just getting sort of back into the swing of things? Oh, It really depends on the person, but my first thing would be say, to say find that sport um, that you might kind of have passion in. Even if you are injured and you can't go back to it, let's first see if there's a way that you can maybe – through physiotherapy or getting a good personal trainer, get you back to something that you enjoy. That would be my first point of view. So whether that be an ocean swim in Sydney, Australia, we have some beautiful ocean swims um, to do and that's quite low impact. And then if you want to get better at that swimming, you'll sort of learn to know that you need to have good posture and train your posterior chain a lot and then you need to get cardiovascularly fit in the pool. So I'll just say try and work around a passion. Don't get go to the gym just to slog it out. Or like you were saying, Adam, Join a group of friends, see what they're doing, if they're doing yoga, if they're doing, I don't know, some sort of outdoor working group. Like just start off with something that's going to keep your interest. Don't go to the gym, walk in and get overwhelmed by saying, what do I? What am I doing here? What are these machines? Do I know how to use them? I've got this niggle in my back. Am I meant to feel that? So I'd say start out of enjoyment, not because you have to be there, unless, of course, you're 100 pounds overweight 
in that case, just start off with something gentle, make sure your mobility is good, avoid injury and drink. The first thing I always say to people that need to lose weight, start eating way more vegetables and start drinking a lot more water. Just that small change will start to help. Hmm. Well, eat your veggies, folks. Get your greens in. Uh, very important. Very yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. Um, got it. So I got uh, I got two more questions here uh, for you, Oscar. I, I ask uh, sort of the same ones every time. Uh, one is yep. around uh, advice giving, and the other, is, and I might have just spoiled that for myself, but we'll see. And, and the <laughs> other, and the other one's sort of shameless self plugging, but we'll go with the first. Um, yep. Let's let's say there there's somebody out there, and maybe they have a passion for fitness, but maybe not. Uh, they just have some passion to work for themselves. Let's go back to that as a theme. Uh, they they mm-hmm. want to support themselves and they know that uh, they have something that they could do, but they're not sure. They're aware of the risks. Maybe they're risk averse. Maybe they're just straight up afraid. They're worried, low odds of entry, high barriers to entry, whatnot. But uh, but they you know they seem to be slogging it, as you mentioned, uh, working maybe for somebody else. Maybe they're doing something that's a sort of traditional path they're not a fan of. What would you say, like based on your experience and getting there, uh, what would you say to that person to sort of push them over the edge into actually like getting into it? I would say just start, which is something I jumped straight into and did straight away. So, look, my brother as he always says, if you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it will stick. So, I guess just start throwing that shit straight away. As soon as you've decided, just go for it. Dive straight in. Don't dwell on it. Don't think on it too much. And the other thing that I really got caught up in doing when I first started out as a personal trainer is I was looking at the people that were failing. And sometimes there were people that were doing better than me and I was like, if they're failing, I was like, what chance do I have? And it took me a few years to get out of that and build confidence. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Um, that's not me. I was like, I am obviously outworking these people. I'm doing something right. But even now, I still look at my peers that are failing and aren't doing well. And it gets me a bit down in the dumps. And it does take an extra thought to not spend too much time thinking about that Um Something obviously went wrong for them wrong along the way. Maybe ask them what it is. Talk to people that have failed. But don't, I guess, again, going back to that ego thing that I originally spoke about while we got into the podcast, just do have that tiny bit of ego but none that will get in the way of you learning. So, yeah, I would say jump straight into it and then um, try not to look at those who are failing too much. Stay positive and look for what sticks. Oscar Bradley, Definitely. High Performance Podcast. If somebody wants to see you, we already uh, teased out the Instagram and where to find you. But if anybody wants to learn more about your journey, somebody's really into Australian sport, things like that, where can they interact with you? And where can they find uh, you? The best way is Instagram. So just search at High Performance Podcast. So at HY Performance Podcast. So all one word. Uh, Angus and I are pretty good at responding to DMs. Comment on our video. Call us out if we're doing something wrong. Uh, then obviously on all the major podcast platforms, search High Performance Podcast. And we've got about six or seven videos on YouTube now. So you can just search High Performance Podcast on YouTube. Uh, We do do some of our interviews live to Facebook and for a spoiler alert, we are in talks with one of the top four teams in the NFL's safeties at the moment to come on our show. So I've been a big fan of this guy. I'm just trying to figure out a time to get him on. So we have had a lot of American guys on the podcast actually. So if you like Australian and American sports, uh, tune in. But yeah, those are our main uh, forms of media, I guess. All right, guys, you know where to go. Check them out. Oscar and Angus on the High Performance Podcast. Uh, Oscar Bradley, thanks so much for coming on. Adam, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, mate. And um, 
I look forward to hopefully getting on another time. That's Oscar Bradley of the High Performance Podcast. You can catch it on SoundCloud and iTunes and Libsyn. Just search the High Performance Podcast, H-Y-P-E-R, Formance, and I'll also leave it in the show notes. And you can also catch him elsewhere on social media by the same name, but no Twitter. He wanted to make that known. He's not there, but he's everywhere else. Oscar, thanks so much for being on the show. If you'd like to get involved in the Today is Human community, be sure to follow everywhere on social media at Today is Human and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And like I said at the top, if you really like it, I invite you to share it around with your friends and colleagues and leave a rating and review. I love to see that social proof uh, and I will definitely shout it out whenever I get it right here on the show. And finally, if you want to contact me directly, hello at todareishuman.com is where to find me. And todareishuman.com is where you can find all my content in one central place. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I invite you to be a part of our audience next week as we have another great dare to divulge. And for now, keep daring and you'll hear from me again soon. See ya.